Guys, good morning. You're okay? Hey, I want to speak to you this morning about the most powerful unseen force on the planet. No, it's not Wi-Fi. And guys, it's definitely not the cloud. Where's the cloud anyway? Maybe it's in here this morning. I don't know, the cloud. I want to speak to you about the presence of God on the earth. I want to speak to you about the Holy Spirit, the power and work of God through the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to talk mainly, I'm going to be answering three questions this morning. Who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? And how can we receive the Holy Spirit? How can I receive the Holy Spirit? So first off, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is often referred to in the Bible in many ways, but Often you'll see like loads of ways, and I'm going to go into to the names in a, in a moment, but the Spirit of God or the Spirit of Jesus, you'll see that. But this, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. You might have heard that word. God the Father, God the Son, that's Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Why don't you check out this, this little um, this thing on the screen here, not me. It's, it should be coming. There we go. If you're more of a visual person, you're like, who is the Holy Spirit? We've got, we got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's the left-hand side, the Trinity. But on the right-hand side of that image, and this is just to help you a bit, because the Holy, the, God is, is one God, three persons, okay? One God, three persons. The, the Holy Spirit is not the Father, but the Holy Spirit is God. The Father is not God is not the Son, but the Father is God. The Son is not the Holy Spirit, but is God. Clear? Now, I'm describing God, right? I'm describing God. It's, it's sometimes hard to get our heads around, but one being, one in being, three in persons. Let me sing it for you. You, you ready for a song? The Creed. This is an ancient song. That, that got turned into, into a song. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Here you go. Our God is three in one. There you go. That's the Trinity. It's the Trinity. God, yeah, there we go. And in the Old Testament, thank you. I know I've got not a bad voice. Um, have, have known to work, lead worship now and then, but here we go. So, it's not just a New Testament thing. The Holy Spirit is not just a being that, 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 that uh, a person that, that appears in the Holy Spirit in the, New, in the New Testament. No, Old Testament as well. Why don't you check out Genesis? Right at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 1, we read this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And here's that. Here's, here's the Spirit. And the Spirit of God... The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the deep. The, that word spirit, because the Old Testament, as we established last night, was written in ancient Hebrew, was it written in Hebrew? That word spirit, and you really need to, or breath, you need to clear your throat for this one, so get ready, is ruach. Can everyone say ruach? Honestly, I think a kid down there has just got a bit of spit on the back of the, back of the neck. Ruach, or spirit, or breath, and that's, that's the spirit of God, the breath of God moving. And so in, in the New Testament, which is in Greek, it's pneuma. Can everyone say pneuma? Okay. The Holy Spirit can be experienced. The Holy Spirit, all throughout the Bible, is described as personal, 
personal. The Holy Spirit wants to be in us, work through us, move in our lives and change us so that we can become more and more like Jesus every single day. When you receive the Holy, when you accept Jesus as your Lord, like many did last night, you then receive the Holy Spirit. Check out this verse in Ephesians 1.3. Guys, just to say we're going to be all over this book today. So if you've got a Bible, you've got pens, take notes. Write these scriptures down and then study them. Go over them. Because we want to get this book, we want to get the good book in you, in us, so that we can know the truth and the truth can set us free. Ephesians 1.13-14 says this, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So in the New Testament, when the Holy Spirit starts to move in people, it's, the Holy Spirit is described as a comforter, a counselor, one who will lead you into all truth. An advocate, that means someone who will speak on your behalf. Someone who will come to the side of you, in you and through you. And that's, that's who the Holy Spirit is. What about what does the Holy Spirit do? And I'm going to spend most of the time on this. What does the Holy Spirit do? There's so much that I could say about what the Holy Spirit does in us, particularly in our lives and in our hearts and in our minds. But I want to break this down into three categories. We want to go, we're going to go up first. The Holy Spirit points us to God. We're going to go in. The Holy Spirit does a work in us. And then we're going to go out. The Holy Spirit does a work out of us, through us. We're going to go up, in, out. We got that? Up, in, out. Not YMCA, up, in, out. Okay, we're good. We're good. Three categories. Let's go up first. Let's go up. The Holy Spirit wants to remind us that we have a heavenly Father a God that we can look to, we've been singing about. Check out this verse in Romans 8, 14 to 17. It will be on the screen. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So if you're led by the Spirit of God, you're actually a child of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you would live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received, remember we received the Spirit, brought about your adoption to sonship. Guys, we're sons and daughters, the Most High God. And by Him, by the Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself, there's that personal term for the Spirit, testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now we are, we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. I love that, the Spirit is reminding us that we can say, Abba, Father. If you go to Israel or you hang out with people who speak Arabic and that little children will be running around, if they're calling out to their dad, they'll be saying, Abba, Abba, it means Father, Daddy. It's a beautiful term in which we can relate to God. This is amazing. And the Spirit working in us reminds us to look up, to look up to God. Hey, I've got a bunch of friends who have adopted children. Maybe they weren't able to have children or they decided they want to adopt a child into their family. And one of my friends told me years ago, Zeke, we've got two jobs, two jobs in our family. We want to remind the child that we've adopted that number one, they are loved. And number two, they're chosen. And he said, that's what I spend my life doing. Reminding my son, my daughter that I've adopted that they're loved and they're chosen. You see, when you become a Christian, 
You are adopted into God's family. You've been chosen and adopted. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. We've got to look up. The Holy Spirit reminds us to look up. Check out this. This is what Jesus said. I told you I'm going to be all over the scriptures. John 14, 15 to 18. If you love me, this is what Jesus said, keep my commands. If you love Jesus, keep his commands. And I will ask the Father, Jesus talking, but he's going to ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. There's that word, advocate, to help you and be with you forever. Who's that advocate? The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. We don't see the spirit and we don't know him if we don't accept him. But you know him for he lives in you and will be in you, will not leave you as orphans. I have come to you. This Jesus promising an advocate, the Holy Spirit that would come and do a work to remind us that we're not orphans. No matter what your family upbringing background when you become a Christian you are adopted into the family of God and guys this is real good news it's really good news this is the God of the universe that wants a relationship with you years ago my family I brought up in Australia and I love my family you'll probably watch this back love your mom love your dad um we were going through a crazy time me my dad and my sister it was just a difficult time as a family and we all go through those times but I remember it just got way too much for me. It was a big night. There was some arguments and I just punched a hole in the wall and I just ran. I ran out of my home and I ran to a park and I just felt lonely. I didn't know what to do. I just was all over the place and I remember sitting down and two things happened in that moment. A warmth came over my body, which I'll never forget. And then I heard like an inner voice saying, I'm with you, I'll never leave you. Don't be afraid. And as I grew up and understood the work of the Holy Spirit, it was a reminder, I realized the Holy Spirit was speaking to me that time, that moment, reminding me. And then I read the Bible and I understood that this is an ancient truth that God says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. It's all over the scriptures. You see, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, the advocate wants to come into us and remind us that we have a heavenly father have a God, we've been adopted, we've been chosen. The Holy Spirit reminds us to look up, okay? So we've gone up. What about in? Can everyone say in? Good. About three of you. Now remember, the Holy, when we invite Jesus into our life, like we said last night, when we say, Jesus, I've been following my own way, doing my own thing, I want to follow your thing. I'm into you. I'm following you, Jesus. I'm repenting, I'm turning away. Then we receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit starts to work in us. And you know, it's amazing. I often think to myself and just remind myself that, Zeke, you you have the Holy Spirit in you. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead has been given to you as a deposit and a seal. That is amazing. The Holy Spirit is in us. In us for two things. Many things, but two I want to highlight. The first thing is the Holy Spirit is in you to bring freedom. To bring freedom in your life. Check out 2 Corinthians 13, 17, 3, 17, sorry. It says, now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Some versions of the Bible say liberty. There's freedom or liberty. Some of you in here, you know you're not free. You feel trapped. You feel bound. You feel stuck in some way. 
But guys, the good news is, this is great news. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We'll probably sing it later. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is, oh gosh, wow. I think people are on their phones, although I can't see anything on people's faces. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. It's it's incredible stuff. And I've experienced this freedom, guys. When I was a bully as a teenager, and I'm ashamed to say it, but I used to bully people because I felt insecure, didn't know what to do, so I'd push it on to other people. I'm free from that. Free from, physically free. I was covered in eczema as a teenager. As I started to understand that I'm actually free, stuff happened in my mind, and, and, and I don't have eczema anymore. Free from, a, from years of an addiction, to pornography, free. I don't look at that stuff anymore because that's not who I am. That's not what I'm into because I'm into the things that the Spirit of God is into. And you can experience freedom too. Freedom from different ways of thinking. There's many examples I could give. And many of you in the room will say, yeah, I got free from stuff too because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Freedom. Freedom. There's liberty to know God. You see, the Spirit is a counselor, a comforter, one that will come to one side. The Spirit brings conviction, not condemnation. Two big words there, conviction, condemnation. Check this out. This verse, I'm not going to read it. Yeah, Romans Romans 8, 1 to 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's good. The law who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. That's why the Holy Spirit is a counselor. You see, condemnation sounds like this. Oh, I messed up. I did the wrong thing. Therefore, I'm a mess. I'm wrong. I'm never going to get it right. That's what condemnation does. But then over here, conviction, the conviction of the Holy Spirit does something in our heart. When we do something wrong, we start to realize, hey, Lord, like we, I messed up. Yeah, but Lord, I need you. Uh, would you fill me? Would you strengthen me? Would you give me everything I need? You see, con- condemnation pushes you down. Conviction will lift you up. Conviction will lift you up. I want to remind you guys of that. The Holy Spirit might convict you this week. It's not to push you down. It's to lead you into truth. Don't we want that? I don't know about you, man, but there's so much fake news out there. I want to be led into truth. I want to be led into truth. The Holy Spirit is working in us. You see, listen, Jesus, when he died on the cross, he broke the power of sin over our lives. The law of sin and death. And that's why when he hung there, his last breath, it was actually, it is finished. Do you know what's finished? The power of sin and death over our lives. That is the God, that's so good. It's such good news and I'm so glad I have a hope in Jesus. I'm filled with his spirit because he's doing a work in me and he's doing, he's doing a work in me to free me. But also guys, so that I would, we would bear fruit. Who wants to be a fruity person? Not like cover yourself in apples and pears and oranges. I'm talking fruit coming out of my life. Galatians 5, to 23 says, what does it say at the start? But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the sign of stuff 
I want coming out of my life. Jesus said, a bad tree produces bad fruit. But then he went on to say, but a good tree produces good fruit. Guys, the spirit in us brings freedom in our life, freedom from sin, freedom from bad ways of thinking, freedom from negativity, freedom from addiction, whatever, you name it, freedom so that we can be free, but also that we can bear fruit. So that's, the, that's, that's two things. The Holy Spirit points us to God. We're, we're loved, we're chosen, we've been adopted into the family of God. Does a work in us to free us, free us from sin, but also free us so that we can bear fruit. What about out? We're gonna go out. You ready to go out? Man, there's like one person in this room that's like excited about going out. Okay, that's cool. I, I know I'm alive and people are alive in it. Hey, I wanna make this really clear what the Holy Spirit does. So I wanna read you an ancient story. But would you all get involved in the ancient story? Yeah, yeah, okay. It was fun last night. Let's do it again. Now, I wanna read you a story, an ancient story where it's actually a vision that a, that a prophet called Ezekiel had. It's ironic that Ezekiel is up here talking to you, reading from the book of Ezekiel. Now, he was a prophet. A prophet is a messenger of God, someone that hears from God and tells people what God's saying. And whether people listen or not, that's not their problem. That's their problem. But it's, it's the prophet brings the truth. And now this, this story is, is a vision that Ezekiel had basically about the people of Israel and how God was gonna restore them and put his spirit in them. And, and you know, that's the main reason of this story. But what I want, why I wanna tell you this is because I want the, the whole purpose and what the Holy Spirit does in us to really land for you guys. So you're with me? Now this story, again, two people, this, this, this story is called the Valley of the Dry Bones. Can everyone say, ooh? Can everyone say, ah? Okay, now what we're going to do is we're all going to get involved in this. And I would come down into the middle of the room, but it's complicated. It's easier for me to just stay here. So guys, I'm going to read you this story and you're going to get involved. You up for it? Okay, but just imagine in your mind's eye that this is now a valley. It's a valley of dry bones. Okay, this is, this is Ezekiel's vision. The hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Okay, so guys, this is the valley and you're all dry bones. So you gotta kind of act like dry bones. But the, be the best way to do this, because there's not room to just lie out and just, so you just, everyone sit up really straight, breathe in, because you're not gonna be breathing for a while, because um, dry bones, get it? Um, and then just, just slump, because you're dry bones. Okay, ready? Up, slump with dry bones. You might want to keep your eyes open because when it's actually a, a skeleton, the eyes are like, yeah, so there we go, with dry bones. Okay, good. Be really, try to breathe, really. We're in the valley and you dry bones. One more time. Up, slump with dry bones. Okay, breathe. Okay, here we go. I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. 
to these bones. I will make breath, that's that word, ruach, enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put my breath, that word ruach again, in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord, Lord am your, your God, I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. So Ezekiel saw all these bones and he said, so I prophesied, some of you are moving your bones. Little guy's just a walking bone, but whatever. Um, uh, so I prophesied, yes. I looked and, the, okay. So I prophesied as I was commanded and I, as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound and the bones came together, bone to bone. Okay, we need to make a rattling sound. Now make a rattling sound. Maybe you want to tap your things, not too loud, you need to hear me, there's a rattling sound, okay, keep going, a rattling sound, I've got to find my place, um, yep, keep going, oh gosh, bone to bone, I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them, so guys, if you're a body popper in the room, skin and tendons and flesh, you're coming together, the bones are coming together, start doing things, like you're moving back, you don't need to, like you're not rattling anywhere, you're moving back into, but there was no breath in them, so don't be talking, don't be breathing, because your, your dry bones coming together, come on, just start clicking into place, okay, but there was no breath in them, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded and breath entered them. Okay, guys, breath, you can now breathe. In, out. In, out. Keep going. In, we're breathing. We're breathing. You've got your breath. Come on, keep going. In, that's good, we're breathing. Then they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Okay, everyone stand up. Everyone stand up. Okay, a vast army. But you need to be quiet because we're a vast army and we're getting ready to do something. Okay, and this is, what, this is what God said to Ezekiel. He said this. Then he said, okay, we're listening. We're still in the story. We're, we're in a dry bones, but there's a vast army that has, has risen up. And guys, I'll say something in a moment, but I just want to finish this. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your, gra open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. This is God's promise to his people in Israel, that's what he was saying. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open up your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land and then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done it, declares the Lord. So, so in this vision, a vast army has risen up, guys. And so as a vast army, just as a picture, we're all gonna do something together. Because when everyone does something together, it's that like we're in unity, okay? So just follow me and we're just going to go, oof. No, but just follow me now. So we're going to get quicker and quicker. Oof. 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 
Guys, okay, okay, listen, before you sit back down, before you sit down now, this is what God did in the past and He's doing it now in the future. Listen, don't get distracted. Guys, God is raising up an army of young people in this nation, an army that will follow, not fight physical battles, but a spiritual battle. Spiritual battles, like guys, our world is in a mess. God wants to raise up sons and daughters that will become an army, that love God, that fearlessly follow Him, believing nothing is impossible with God, that, are, that go after God with all their lives, that are, that are pure because God is pure. Guys, God is raising you up as an army and He's done it in the past and He wants to do it again. And this is, do you know why? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, He brings freedom. He brings freedom and God wants to bring freedom in your generation to use you. And it's a good thing. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. Well, that was interesting. Because, guys, here's the thing. Now, this is an amazing time, DTI. We put a lot of time and effort into this because we want you to... We want you to hang out together, we want you to have an incredible time, we want you to meet with Jesus. But the thing is, is after about four more days, this whole thing will get packed up. It'll go away, get put in, a, in, a, in some place and then, but what doesn't happen is the Holy Spirit gets packed up with it. And then this time next year, boom, I'm here. No, 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 the Holy Spirit is in you is with you wherever you go, going into your schools, into your workplaces, into your families, into your homes, into your sports teams. It, wherever you go, the Spirit goes because the Spirit is in you, but the Spirit wants to move out of you, yeah? The Spirit wants to take you out. And, and I love this. And guys, I wanna, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, He brings freedom. And I've heard, heard so many stories of what the Spirit taking hold of a person can do moving through a person. Now, years ago, in the 1700s, there was a man called John Newton. Now, John Newton was a slave trader. He was a horrible man. He didn't care for people and he didn't care for God. He was a sailor. And his literal living was to trade slaves. He was known as the great blasphemer. He, he, he rejected his mum and dad's teaching about God. He didn't care for the Bible, didn't care for scripture, none of that stuff. And one day he was out at sea. They were sailing a big crew on this big ship and a storm rose up and started to beat against the ship. And it was crazy and they'd been out at sea for a long time. They were all very, very tired and they, were, they all thought they were gonna die. And so John Newton was so tired that from one in the afternoon till midnight, they actually tied him to the helm of the ship. That's like the steering wheel of the ship. You imagine this. Just imagine you're in this storm. And so he's there and he's watching this storm, terrified for his life and terrified for everyone on the, boat, on the ship's life. And he starts in that moment, you can imagine from 12 to at 1 to 12 in the, in the evening, that's a long time. And he started to reflect on his life. Started to think about his life. And as he looked at the storm, he realized that that was like his life, getting beaten. And he'd rejected God and so, so as he was tied there, he managed to get hold of a New Testament, a Bible. He started to remember his mother's teachings, the songs that she used to sing to him. And he thought, man, I'm far away from God. Listen, guys, mothers, fathers, 
Friends that are praying for people who don't know God, they're far from God, don't stop praying. Because on that ship, something happened. You see, he realized, um, and as he read these scriptures, this is what he read. This is just incredible. And he came, his name's John, so he started reading John. And he got to John chapter 11, and it said this, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And guys, in that moment, John Newton Something shifted in his heart. He became a Christian, a follower of Jesus. The Spirit of God filled him and he changed because when the Spirit of God fills us, there's freedom and we change. He quit being a slave trader. He realized that was a toxic way to live, a toxic behavior, so he stopped doing that. He became a minister. He reached people. He, he preached sermons. He impacted people. He was a very, very influential man. In fact, he was influential in another man's life a man called William Wilberforce. And if you know about William Wilberforce, he was, he was massive in terms of the abolition of slavery in this country and beyond. And one day, in his old age, after he'd lived a full life, he sat down and he began to write. Started writing a hymn. It's famous. It's beautiful, we still sing it. He wrote this as he thought about that day on the ship. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. You know that song? We're still singing it. You see, when God does a work in us through his spirit, he does a work out of us. And guys, the work out of us, we're meant to go and see people free. We're meant to go and see people change. And God wants to use his spirit to work in us. You see, the Holy Spirit makes dead things come to life. Just like when we read that thing, the, the, the Valley of the Dry Bones, he takes dead things and makes them alive. He makes broken people, he puts them back together again. He makes broken lives return to wholeness. People in addiction, they can become free because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I love this verse in Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So the final question is, how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Now in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, the Spirit of God came upon people in certain times and moments and, and in, in situations. And then in the New Testament, when Jesus came and he promised his Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit came. Jesus left and he, when he died and rose again and appeared, he said, I've got to go, but I'm going to send you the Spirit. So then the Holy Spirit falls on the first believers at Pentecost. They're filled with the Spirit and wonderful things happened. And then the church grew and now we're here today. And so the Spirit has been working in and through the world through the beginning. And you've seen that as I've spoke. Now for us today, the Holy Spirit, we, all we need to do is two things. We need to believe and we need to receive. That's how do you receive that? You just believe and you receive. I want to remind you of this verse as I come in to finish. Ephesians 1:13 to 14. And you were included in Christ when you heard the message of, of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, so when you believed, you were marked 
with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance until the day of redemption. You see, guys, we believe and then we receive. What do we receive? We receive a mark. We receive a seal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit to say, hey, look up. Up, remember that you've been adopted. You've been chosen. You're a son. You're a daughter of the Most High God to do a work in us, to bring freedom and ultimately freedom from sin, but also freedom to bear fruit. And then the Holy Spirit wants to do a work out of us. He wants to send us into the world to be his hands and feet. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. And so my question finally is, what do you need right here tonight, this morning? What do you need? What do you want from the Holy Spirit? Are you bound? Are you broken? Caught up in a pattern of behavior that you can't get free from? Hopeless? You've lost, you, you've, you don't know where you're going, you don't know what's going on. Well, guys, the Spirit is here. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom for you, wherever you're at. And finally, how do we get filled? Guys, we, 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 I just told you, we believe and we receive. But the, I love what the Bible says in Ephesians 5, 17. It says this, don't get drunk on wine but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Doesn't get any clearer than that. Let me give you my own version. There ain't no high like the most high. You can drink, you can do drugs, you can do whatever you want to try to get high, but listen, the most high, the Holy Spirit is free. Just believe and receive. Believe and receive. Now we're gonna pray for the Holy Spirit to come. We're gonna invite the Holy Spirit. He's here, but he wants to move in power. And now we'll have different reactions to that. For me, when the whole, uh, over the years the Holy Spirit's filled me, I've been barely able to stand. Often when the Holy Spirit fill, fills me or I sense the Holy Spirit, I, I, I cry. It just happens. I don't know why. It's just, it's just a comforter, a counselor, because that's what the Holy Spirit does. But the Holy Spirit wants to do stuff in us and through us this morning. And so I want to invite, but well, yeah, Susie, up you come. See, if you were to put your hand in a socket, a power socket, There'd be a reaction. And so we're inviting the Spirit of God to come and fill us. So there might be different reactions in the room. We're going to talk you through that. We're going to pray. But guys, we want to to invite you to receive the Holy Spirit because the Spirit is here. The Spirit's here to bring freedom. Amen.